Get Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Casamas and John Scheimer. What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. Today we got a killer uh, episode. Sasha Dunable, guitar player and singer for Intronaut, incredible uh, progressive metal band, um, you know, from the LA area in the vein of Tool and Isis and you know, Mastodon, all these bands, and really incredible band, long history of incredible music coming out of this dude. And he's also the luthier lord of Dunnable Guitars, which if you guys have followed me, uh, you know that they are my favorite guitars that have ever been made. All handmade, handcrafted in the USA. Um, gorgeous, just gorgeous, beautiful guitar porn. I recently got mine. So excited. Um, really excited to have him on and uh, really excited to pick his brain about all things just in general. Um, go ahead and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com for tour stories, exclusive content and bonus footage and early access. $1 a month gets you in. Patreon.com slash Good Heavy Podcasts. And then also uh, we got masks uh, are going to be dropping to 5 bucks plus shipping. Um, hopefully we're getting out of this COVID bullshit and we can sell the rest of these bad boys. So go to getheavypodcast.bigcartel.com to check those out and enjoy the episode. Anyway, so how's things, man? Um, good. Can't complain, really. Um, just staying super busy, you know, trying, yeah, to, trying to make music, but really just working a lot. Yeah. How's that balance, man? Is it, do you find, uh, it's tough, it? you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're, uh, middle-aged men now, you know, so you have to like schedule, I have to like schedule my music time. And luckily my, um, my girlfriend is really encouraging and understanding about like, okay, Sunday is the music day. Friday night is the music night. You know? Oh, okay. So you guys do like a Friday night practice and everything, huh? Well, there's no practice because it's been COVID. So everybody's like, remote for the most part oh do you guys really like work all remotely you guys haven't jammed yeah. at all uh no i have not jammed with a human being um since march of 2020 jesus man that's rough because we get in we practice like we're lucky to get well we did about five months nothing at all and then eventually it was like okay guys you know everyone was like i'm fucking dying here you know what i mean like let's start yeah. jamming and we well, got a new guitar player, so, you know, we had to get that guy broke in, you know? Right, right. But really... Well, the problem with Internaut is everybody lives, like, somewhere else, you know? The mm. drummer's in Georgia. Joe has been kind of up in, um, like, the Santa Barbara area for most of the COVID. Oh, really? Time. Um, but now everybody's getting back, so we might be... Like our yeah. next, our first actual full band jam will be in August, which is like a month before we record the album. Damn, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I did want to, I did want to tell you, you know, I've never ever got a chance to say this, but uh, you guys, Intronaut, was a massive reason that the Wrath got even noticed or put on our label. We were label mates. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, good oh, fellow, back in the day. Right. Yeah. Right. You guys were literally the reason they gave us the time of day <laughs> back, you know, back in 05 or whatever it was. Yeah. Why didn't I think, were you guys also on TP, though, or something? After. Okay, right. After, yeah. We did the one good one record on Goodfellow, and then we got on TP after that, you know what I mean? Because of actually the help of Ancestors, really. And, you know, the guy right. who ran TP at the time, Steve, was killer, you know. But, yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I mean, I guess it was so long ago. So so yeah. long ago, man. Yeah, but I never really, you know, we don't talk very much. So you know, I, was, I know obviously you and Danny. You know, what I mean, I've known Danny since we were fifteen. But you yeah. know, that was the main. You know, they were the you guys were the ones who were like, hey, check this out. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why we got that record, dude. So yeah, and I thank kinda, you. That, that, you know, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. that label was so cool. They know? were rad, right? It's too bad, and especially around then, they were doing so much cool shit. Um, right. I feel like I don't know. May, I, who knows why they didn't end up 
continuing, but yeah, cool label. And Chris, well, remember they were like the first ones that kind of like back then it was so segregated. You were a metal label, you were a fucking hardcore label, you were a punk label, and none shall ever meet. And they were like kind of one of the first ones that really like started branching out in a wide area. You know what I mean? Like you almost like a Seasons of Mist and kind of you know those labels that are out now, like. Obviously, yeah. Robotic Empire, all these other band, you know, all these other labels were around doing this, that kind of shit back then a little bit. But Goodfellow yeah. had like wild distribution, yeah, and seemed to be like just throwing that shit around. You know, it was pretty weird, man. Like they're one of the, and I never really talked to any of them. It was all the drummer that kind of set it up for us, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, Chris, the the main guy at the label was the singer of that band, Chokehold. You know that. Okay. Was- I mean, I I never really knew Chokehold. I sort of knew the name, but I was never really into that style of hardcore. But it was like early '90s, straight edge, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were putting out so many cool records. Remember that Cursed, Cursed Two? I remember was yep. like that was the first time I well, not the first time I heard them, but yeah, that band fucking rips, dude. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I still listen to those records. Yeah. To this day, I mean. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, I threw a deep cut behind me on the wall. I don't know if you can see it, but it's the old Nut record. Oh yeah, Bastardizer. Remember that fucker? Yeah, yeah. I always I love that band. Yeah, they're so good. Influence on early Intronaut. I liked um, Challenger. Challenger, yeah, it's a good record. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff, man. So, um, I wanted to ask: Are you actually like from LA? Are you one of the rare humans that's from LA and plays music yeah. in LA? Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, basically, my I was sort of from both San Diego and LA. Like my oh, dad okay. was in San Diego, um, and my mom lived in LA since I was probably five. So I would spend the week down there going to school and then come here on weekends but then like then i went to high school up here um, oh okay but yeah pretty much grew up I guess, on the la side uh in like santa monica um west la kind of area and yeah i'm 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 a, I'm a city hick I'm a yeah town. man <laughs> yeah well it's so weird because you know it's like you meet a thousand people in la and one is actually from la you know what i mean and yeah. It's it's always hard because you know I have a, such a hard time with that town as it is you know because there is yeah. there is a level of douchery when you get into that area you're like get the fuck and then when you meet someone that's actually from L A they're they're fucking always the coolest one you know it's never the person from L A that's ruining L A yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah I think about it a lot especially now like would I have like done any, like would I have taken music seriously or like had any you know, or opportunities, I guess, if I, like, lived somewhere else, would I have been, like, motivated to actually, like, find real musicians, you know? I mean, yeah. not is from L.A. pretty much, except, I mean, Danny was from Camarillo, but that's just 45 minutes north of L.A. You know? Yeah, up the road, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's always been a, a little connection with the Ventura, L.A., you know, Nardcore, L.A. Punk, you know what I mean? That kind of shit connection and stuff. But, I mean, I, we met each other when uh, you, what, Anubis Rising, maybe? I mean, back in the day? Way oh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Right? I remember you guys played with us at the Livery a couple times in Ventura, and I was like, what the fuck, dude, you know? Yeah, that place was awesome. Yeah. But, like, what were your, like, how did you get involved? You've always been in, like, heavy shit, and all, always, like, a tone guy. Like, what spawned your... Were you a punk kid? Like, were you a metalhead? Or what? Um, yeah, I guess it started with punk. I mean, like, when I was, like... So, when the Black Album came out, I was, like, 10 or 11. Or right. Like so, so, we're about the same age, I think. Yeah. yeah, the first rec... You know, the first, like, tapes I bought, you know, on per, you know with my own money or whatever, was, like, yeah, the Black Album... All the Guns and Roses, like that whole era. Um, but then, like you know, middle school, high school comes around, and punk is, you know, punk mm-hmm. stuff. You know, starting with like the Ramones on the Black Flag. To you know, you just get heavier and heavier. Just always mm-hmm. looking for the next most extreme thing. Um, you know, into like crusty grindcore, death metal, and then from there it was like on to like prog rock you know 70 yeah. prog which is like the next heaviest thing <laughs> yeah isn't it weird you like revert back 
to the <laughs> yeah. like, from Cannibal Corpse. It's like what? yes, is what yeah, exactly, from, dude. You know, uh, yeah, like jazz and stuff. I mean, we we all were just like huge like record collectors and connoisseurs. You know how it is. Like, yeah. yeah, man. Well, it's weird how you you like. You know, I grew up a metalhead. I didn't like punk at all until I heard bands like your crust bands, like Drop Dead, His Hero's Gone. Because I was already listening to fucking Deicide and Mortician. Right. You know what I mean? And fucking, you know, just you know, all every gnarly band you could hear. And so when I heard punk, I was like, this is dog shit, dude. You know what right. I mean? Like, But what it was for me is punk rock, lyrically, I was tired of hearing about ripping women apart and... Yeah. You know, like destroying humans, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like yeah. zero substance, you know what I mean? It's fun for what it is, but it wasn't until really, like, I started, I heard His Hero's Gone that I went, oh, shit, like this, you know, no, these guys mean, are gnarly and they say some, some shit, you know, that I yeah, agree yeah. with, you know what I mean? Well, bands like that, too, I mean, punk gets difficult after you find music that's just like, the musicianship is just better you know it's like hard to go back to like some new punk band that's like not very good at playing it's like the you, it's hard to find that same charm that yeah had. um but like yeah his hero is gone or like yeah drop dead or like uh disrupt like all those bands were like mm. really good and you can still like kind of go back to them now and they're so good whereas like I go back and listen to like FYP, and like, these guys are not even like playing. It sounds like they're not even playing. In <laughs> yeah, the same you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do I like it? And I still kind of like it. There's still some charm there, but it's like if I yeah. found whatever FYP exists today, it's like it just would get that would not last. It's just yeah. not going to work for you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I bought, I'm like a riffs. I'm a riffs guy. Like I, I feel like there's two types of people. There's riffs guys and licks guys. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I'm a riff guy. Like, you know, if yeah. the riff doesn't hit for me, I'm good. Like, I don't. Not one part of me wants to hear Yigui Malstein fucking shred, no, like no. at all. You know what I mean? Like, I, I give me a fucking Sabbath riff for 50 yeah. minutes straight, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, same, same, but same. some guys, it's like licks. They want to hear that dazzle. You know what I mean? And you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I never got there. No. no. But then there's a gray area. Listen to Van Halen. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck, man. Yeah. Licks and riffs, you know? Yeah. I think Van Halen I like learned to appreciate later on. Because at first it was just like corny butt rock, you know? Yeah. Me, at least. But, um, I mean, those songs are just undeniable. I mean, it's hard for me. It's just out of control. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. You find it's always that rare, rare combination that, that gets you, you know what I mean? Yeah. For yeah. Sure. It's wild, man. So what's uh, Intronaut? I, I actually was just jamming the new intro, or the latest Intronaut today. I mean, it's I mean, what a killer record. I mean, you've always you guys have always stepped outside of yourselves for every record, you know what I mean? And this one's like just a beautiful fucking record, dude. You know what I mean? It was cool. To, it was cool to hear. I hadn't really listened to it a lot, you know what I mean? And COVID, it's just you got your head down and you're busy trying not to die, you know. But I just started recently, like really listening to music again, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was jamming it, and I was like, "Damn, dude, what a fucking just!" It's a, always such a cohesive, beautiful record. But I mean, you guys always got from compared to all these other bands and stuff, and I just don't feel like it's a fair comparison to anything, you know. You know, as far as you know, the Mastodons of the world and all these fucking bands, you know. I mean, it's like it's just not even close for me. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, thanks. Yeah, that that was a fun record to make, and um, it was a long time in the works, you know. Those songs were all written over the course of like almost five years, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it. Um, yeah, it was a fun record to make. It's too bad, you know, it came out and then COVID happened, so we played like, you know, three weeks of shows and then that was it. And you guys had like big tours and shit lined up already. Did you guys have to cancel everything? What was going on like when it happened? Yeah, there was like so we had a tour. We did a tour. Um, it was like. February into like the first week of March with Cult of Luna and um, and Emmerich Rundle and I remember like being on the tour and we're like hearing about this like coronavirus thing and it was like were you guys out of state like in Europe or were no, you no we were like we were it was North America oh okay but 
you know, it didn't really get serious until like probably halfway through the tour. And so we're like in like Montreal and it's like, okay, it's officially an epidemic now. And then it was like a week later, it's like, it's a pandemic. I was like, what? I've never heard that word before. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so um, the tour, I remember we played, there was talk, the last three shows were San Francisco, LA, San Diego. And, um, yeah, the San Francisco show, March 9th, which I think was the last show ever at Slim's, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite clubs ever. Uh, that's a great, that's a great spot, man. It, um, by then there was like talk of like, maybe that show was going to get canceled and then it still happened and it was fine. LA the next day was the day when you heard about every band, like, oh, we're canceling the tour that starts like tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And then we played San Diego and it was like. This is the last show that anyone's doing. Ever. Yeah. Did it feel yeah. like it? I mean, did I mean was it weird? Was the vibe weird? Because I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't playing shows or nothing. I mean, did you feel? I mean, obviously going around and hearing about everything. Did you see people getting sick or anything? Or I mean, nothing really. Or no, you know, I think at the time we were kind of like, damn, that sucks, you know. And but the thing about the perspective at the time, like nobody really knew. Like, okay, like things have to close down for a little bit so they can get it under control, but then nobody got anything under control. And it just, it was like, okay, I guess we're canceling our India trip, which is like next month. And then, uh, but yeah, so we had like all these, I mean, I can't really tour super heavy anymore. I mean, a lot of us really just can't, you know, at this point. Yeah. But, um, so we had a lot of like fly dates, a lot of like festivals and stuff in like mm. other countries and, um, short little runs and then yeah just one by one things just got picked off and yeah that's crazy I was really lucky enough to get to do some shows and uh, didn't have to like i mean there's some bands that were like stuck in like russia like i think torch was literally like stuck in russia when <sighs> everything got canceled and had crazy. to like, find their way home from see was, at least like, you guys were in san diego man nothing got canceled you know mm-hmm. they're just like they probably have like you know a month's worth of merch printed. And, oh my god! Yeah, I remember when Ancestors was on tour. They were telling me I was talking to them, and they were they got stuck when that volcano blew up. Remember that shit? Like I don't know where I can't even remember where it was, but they got stuck in Europe for like two and a half weeks, dude. Oh right, that was the year that like road burn, like half the bands had to cancel road burn or something. Yeah, like volcano so much smoke that you like couldn't fly to Europe that yeah they grounded all flights you couldn't do shit but they were already there so yeah. they had to float around Europe for like two weeks or something oh, before they yeah. could get back dude and I just remember texting Justin and Brandon and being like dude what's up and they're like you have no we have no idea what's going on we might die here I don't know what the fuck's going on you know you're like damn man That's I mean be I feel like in like real regular life, I would be like, oh, I'm stuck in Europe two weeks. What's the big deal? But like being stuck there with like band members and <laughs> yeah, if you're stuck there with your chick, you're like, oh, hey, we'll make the best of it, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, I'm stuck there with Justin Moranga. I'm like, fuck. Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, he's all, he's gonna lawyer out on you all hard, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna find a boat <laughs> and so sink fun. it on myself. <laughs> No, I love it. Could have been any of us, you know. I'd do that, you know. Fuck, man. It's yeah. I just think about that stuff, and it's like of all the times we toured, we didn't get out of the country much, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But all the times we toured around the U.S., and it was like, I'm shocked that I mean, with the debauchery we were fucking on, you know what I mean? Like no, no accidents, never been hurt, no pull, you know what I mean? Like I just can't believe it. It's like if there's a god. You know, that fool was following that piece of shit van around the country, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. there's just no way, and, and on paper, any of that should ever work, you know? And those early days, we did grimy-ass touring, too, you know? It was like sleep, like much of what you did, I'm sure, for a long time, is yeah. sleeping on floors and fucking lucky to get a hotel once a week, you know what I mean? And Sure, yeah. Oh, I don't miss that shit at all, man. You know, I remember. I remember the first time we played. Maybe it was with Ox versus Thunderbirds, and like that intro I played with you guys up mm. there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were telling me that you bought 
you had like some, I mean, it, it looked like a sick van at least, but you were like, yeah, I bought this from like some church or something. Like, yeah. Bucks, best deal. I'm like, where the fuck do I find that deal? <laughs> dude, and, yeah, and that was, it was $500. It was a $500 van, dude. And dude, it ran for over 300,000 miles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> by the end of it, we were doing tours in lawn chairs, like in the back. You know what I mean? Like the seats were all fucked up and yeah. there's guys literally sitting in like, Yard like yard chairs like in the back, just no seat belts. People are just yeah. strapped in. <laughs> it's yeah, fucking I nuts. That. I tried that for internet. We bought a van that was like literally twenty. It was like in two thousand five. We bought a nineteen eighty five van, and it was yeah. just like every three days, like oh, what's that smell or what's that? You know, fuck. Yeah, it just ends up costing like you know four more thousand dollars. Just you could have bought a brand new van by the time. Yeah. You're yeah. done, you know, essentially, yeah. man. Yeah, I, those are the parts of touring I don't miss, man. Like, oh, man. I miss the shows. I miss, you know, getting to see new shit. But I just think back about it, and I'm like, nah, man, I'm I'm pretty good here. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I think the fly-in thing is the way to go, though, right? I mean. Yeah, it can be cool. I mean, the only, I mean, whatever. This is such a, like, weird thing to complain about. But just sometimes you fly in, and you're like, what's the gear they have to use? And you just have to, like, make stuff work. You know? Yeah. That aspect yeah. is always interesting. But yeah. Those are, yeah, those are fun, too. But it's, there's something, too, about, like, being on tour for a month where, like, two weeks in, you're, like, really good as a band. But if you, like, fly somewhere and you're, like, jet-lagged, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're just not going to have that great of a show. I've, yeah, there's, like, no no more terrifying band than a band that's two and a half weeks in a tour. You're fucking on, dude. You know what I mean? It's You can do that shit in your sleep, you know? And yeah, yeah. It's always nice when you really, like, you just zone in on that stuff. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a good feeling, man. Like, we did some tours to CMJ and stuff, and by the time we got there, we were fucking assassins. You know what I mean? On our <laughs> tunes. And it made us yeah. sound really cool because we'd been playing them for three weeks straight, you know, every night. And yeah. those were doing okay, you know what I mean? And But, you know, when the stress of it, you're just, you're just like, God damn, dude, but... Yeah, but I mean, also to you know be out and make a B fifty two amplifier sound good, you know that's that's a good accomplishment too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the first time we went to India, there was like it was the kind of thing where you kind of hop around to different cities or whatever. But um, I remember we played in one place, and it was like a festival, and some band earlier in the day just blew up one of the guitar amps. So they're like, and we're playing last. So it's like, oh yeah, well we have this keyboard. It was a Roland like keyboard amp that I had to play through. <laughs> nice. Like, and I, I don't know if you could picture the tone of like a boss. Yeah. Oh, I could picture it, dude. Yeah, it was just yeah. like dry, fizzy. You know, there's like a thousand people here, um, so I'm just. But you're I'm also in India, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. India? Like, what is it? I mean, that's a country that no one fucking tours in. It seems like. I mean. Yeah. To get that opportunity is so killer, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a super cool place, for sure. I think more and more bands are going there now, but, I mean, still not a lot. But, yeah, for some yeah. reason, they're not went there, like, three times. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So you guys are kind of getting ready to record new music and then tour plans for touring again? I know you said you're not going to be touring like you did, but, I mean, what's yeah. is there a plan? Is there a record label? You got it all set up, or are you just kind of going for it and see what happens? Yeah, this one's going to come out through Metal Blade again, and uh, it probably, we're not going to record till September, so it's probably not going to come out until like next year, but we have like a short, um, we just announced a tour in February 2022, which seems so fucking awesome now. Uh, right. Slave, which has been postponed like three times, like it was supposed to happen in 2020. Right, yeah. So it was and that's like two and a half weeks, that's like probably the longest I could go anywhere. Um, yeah. And then some other stuff will probably come up, but not too much. Yeah. yeah. Just have to keep it fun. Yeah, I bet, man. I mean, well, just keep it interesting. I mean, are you, do you find the same love? I mean, I know COVID's really fucked up everything, but do you find the same love for playing music and writing music as you did? Or has making the guitars replaced any of that, like, feeling of accomplishment or anything? Or is it two separate things in your mind? It's two separate things, and it's definitely, like, you know, there's got to be some kind of balance. I still really like making music. Yeah. Touring stuff, like, I feel like some of the charm is worn off, but it's still, like, fun to, like, play with bands you like. 
I mean, I feel like there's still some places that I'm hoping we can go on tour, like we've never been to Australia or South America. Like I, you know, still kind of like holding out for that kind of thing, I guess. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like I, we got like we were just having this talk about doing a tour in, in 2022 that was like so, it was so long the routing, and it's going to like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, do we need to go to El Paso? Like, nothing against El Paso at all, but, like, I've played El Paso, like, mm -hmm. ten times. Like, it's... I don't... I'll, I'll go there as just, like, a person and enjoy the, the city and everything. Um, but, like, I don't need to, like, play every single city again. <laughs> right, right, right. With the charm of being like, I can't believe I'm in Lubbock. Or, or, <laughs> oh, love like, it, dude. Or, or I'm in La Crosse, Michigan. This is fucking yeah. killer. Like, what the yeah. fuck, you know? Yeah. yeah that, that, that part. Well, so check it out, guys. This is where the Blatt's beer farm is. You're like, yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Right. Blatt's. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, touring America itself is just a fucking such a gnarly grind, you know, compared, it seems like compared to Europe or, I mean, yeah. it's it's minimum 10-hour drive everywhere you go, it seems like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really can be, especially, you know, especially in the middle, yeah. The middle of the country is rough, dude. Yeah, I mean, I still like it, you know, I, I still enjoy it to some degree, but I definitely felt, like, old and just tired a lot on the last the last run we did, even though it was great and it was super fun. It's just like yeah, sometimes the long drives really do. It starts to grind. On. Are you guys driving yourself, or you guys got a driver? Or, I mean, well, the last one turns? we actually we rented an RV because the thing is the like you said the drives were so long that like because mm -hmm. um, Cult of Luna like can only do you know they're they all have jobs back home so they can only take like two weeks off work so mm -hmm. they're like. We're going to do all of North America in two weeks. But it's, like, just the, like, you know... Major cities, essentially. Major cities, basically. Damn, like, dude. The whole thing. So every day was, like, running out. So I'm like, Damn. we're not getting hotels, and I'm not going to fucking do overnight in a van. So, right. That's a smart way to do um, it, actually, man. Yeah, so it was actually kind of nice, because you could just kind of sleep while you drive, you know, theoretically. You can do that. Yeah. Yeah, so we like we'll bring out like a person who drives and does merch, and a sound person who will also drive. And we can yeah, stuff yeah, man. I mean, are you hopeful for the future, or how do you feel like coming as we're kind of coming out of this? Are you hopeful for shit really opening up again, or I mean, I, we've we've talked about it a ton on the podcast. Like, you know, what's it really going to look like when you come back? You know, and it sounds like hopefully, you know, twenty twenty two is going to be the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I am hopeful. I mean, I think that, like, people just want it too bad for it to not happen. I mean, right. they're opening up movie theaters. I went and saw a movie in a movie theater. I mean, it was only sold at half capacity, but I feel like by the time the vaccine is out and hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really been following the news, so I don't really know exactly how it's going, but I would think that once, like, enough people are vaccinated, that, like, it's not this, like, thing that you're just inevitably going to get, you know, and spread yeah. to other people, then, uh, you know, hopefully we can all get it back to somewhat normal. Yeah, man. I, I wonder how wild people are going to be. I mean, it's going to be like a fucking spring break for two years, I think. I think there's going to be some, you know, it's going to be wild boy summer, I think, for a lot, you know, the teenagers, because I have a teenager now, you know, and, and. I see the like the damage that it has done to her. You know, what I mean, being a, in middle school, wanting to, you know, if friends become so important. You know what I mean in that middle school era, and she hadn't seen like one of her friends in eight months. You know what I mean? Right. And I just think about the kids that are a little older than her that are like, they they're done, dude. You know what I mean? You're gonna see a, a shit ton of teenage pregnancies, <laughs> you know what I mean? a lot of fucking drug problems. Some fucking, you know, I, I think it's going to be like Polly Shore Spring Break, fucking '95 over around around here for a while, dude. You know, what I, mean? point. I haven't really thought about that, but you're right. Like, yeah, kids and um, especially teenagers, yeah, like it's going to be fucking going. <laughs> it's going to be going off, dude. 
<laughs> get ready. You know what I mean? It's, they're going to be fucking dodging teenagers on the freeway at night. You know what I mean? I think when shit comes up, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be nuts, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see all that stuff happen, you know? But not the yeah. pregnancies part, you know? Stay away from my daughter. But, yeah. <laughs> fuck. I'll do a ten, I'll do a ten years, no problem, dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, damn, dude, these kids are gonna be going fucking nuts for the next year. Like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. You know, I think all of us, you know, almost all of us are too. You know, once shit comes back, like, I think yeah. everyone's gonna be fucking, you know, pretty stoked. You know, maybe it's for me. It's it really helped me step back and realize, like, man. You know, what is important, you know, the things, you know, the time, your time is, you know, time's the only thing you got for sale, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's important, it's, it's been really good to regroup. I think anyone that hasn't really taken this time to self-reflect, you know, and really kind of question who you are and what it is that's important all these things, I mean, you're a fucking moron anyway, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it really makes you appreciate the, the true joy that we have had and experienced to be able to play music. To be able to say that, you know, I said a thousand times, we're, we're the point oh one percent of people that have ever been able to follow their dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many how many people do you meet that have never, ever taken a chance on themselves? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I feel like I'm in a bubble where I'm surrounded by a lot of people that do. But, yeah, it's, like, easy to forget that there's just, yeah, a lot of people just don't get that. I don't know. And some people just don't know that they can, you know? Yeah, totally. And some people shouldn't. Some people are morons. Some people should not. Don't do it. You're a fucking, you're a sheep, dude. Stay exactly where you are, you know? You're not going to bring any good to this world, you know what I mean? Like, but, you know, I just, I always try to, I, I try to keep, I want to go into this next year with, like, a shit ton of gratitude, you know what I mean? Right. About being able to play shows, not taking them for granted, you know what I mean? Not fucking being pissed that, some dickhead just stomped on my stage and broke one yet another one of my $50 fucking cords. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or all that, like just those dumb things or the 15 hour drive I got, you know, cause I started to get pretty bitter towards the end being a guy that had two kids at home, not yeah. making a single fucking dollar being gone for months at a time. You know, yeah. I started to get real fucking bitter, you know, and I just don't want to be like that, you know, and it's been nice. This break has really showed me like, what's really really important you know and it's and it's killer you know yeah it's interesting right i mean for me it's like probably the longest i've just been at home you know and it's, in a lot of ways it was cool it's like a lot of like playing catch up on like being an adult in some ways you know um, yeah because i just didn't have any other things to like um, to sort of like give me a reason to not you know get my some of my shit together. I mean, and overall, great year, you know. I, I didn't lose my job. Um, you know, I, I met my girlfriend last May, and it's, you know, and now I, we moved in together. It's like, I almost yeah. feel bad saying. <laughs> like, what I a good year it's been year. for everybody. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it, it's hard because, it, you know, obviously getting sick and dying, you know, if you know people that got sick and died, it's, a, it's shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for a lot of us, man, like the guys that, you know, don't have to fucking be drowned by all that, you know, it's like, it, dude, it was a great year for me. You know, I got to spend more time with my kids than I've ever in my entire life. You know what I mean? We got to go do some pretty cool shit with no one around us, and that was awesome, you know? Yeah. And, and also, you know, I got to take a good hard look at, you know, who I am, who I'm becoming, and who I want to be, you know? And, and if for you, I mean, for you, especially watching Dunnable you know, explode how it has. I mean, it it appears to, I'm sure the grind is just the grind for you, but, you know, the stuff that you guys have been able to develop in the last, like, year or two years has been fucking amazing, dude. And it's, you know, how did, like, what what did you, what made you get into that? Like, have you always built guitars by yourself, or? Um, no, I mean, I feel like, uh, I never know how to answer the question of, like, how did I get into that, um, business i mean i i, I think was it, was it playing really one too many shit guitars on tour when you didn't have control of what guitar you got <laughs> I know, yeah i mean that's sort of what got me like started with the tinkering aspect of like guitar electronics and stuff um i mean i'm not saying i was like really good at it at first i feel like i was sort of like in this place probably like in 2008 2009 you know, doing 
tons of tours where you're just like you're down but it's like you come home with like you know 50 bucks extra you know <laughs> yeah like, totally you know what i mean like and it's just and it, you know we're all like just working gigs you know in between jobs and it was at a time too when like um and you know like it was like 2008 the economy like was shit and like it was super competitive for like service industry jobs mm -hmm. so really i just ended up doing a lot of like temp work where you're just treated like shit and you're like mm -hmm. eight bucks an hour and it's really only like 10 hours a week i mean i literally i think my like tax return for 2008 was like i mean i think it was like literally like six thousand bucks was my like yeah, adjusted totally. yeah totally. you know what i mean yeah and i'm like yeah. You know, really, like, have it when you're, like, I have four dollars, you're in the grocery store, and you're, like, I have four dollars, like, to, to eat for the next, like, four days. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and if I, I spread this out, day. I can get one taco a day from Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would buy, like, the Top Ramen mm -hmm. and, like, a, and, like, black beans and just, like, not do those, like, powder because the shit was gross after a while, so it's, like... A fucking thirty-nine cent meal, you know, that just yeah. like is something in your stomach, but it doesn't taste good. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying this happened for that long, but it was like a few months of my life where I was just like, okay, I need to like figure out like a skill set outside mm -hmm. of like playing music that barely anybody likes. And um, so yeah, like I I, uh, I started like asking. Um, I had a friend or a few friends who were like guitar tech, so I, I figured. And get into that, and I think right around that time too, we did a we did a tour with Mastodon, which was like the first time I was on tour with a band that had like guitar techs, and I was yeah. like, a job, and I was like, seems like whoa, pretty easy to get into that kind of thing, you know, like mm -hmm. sort of like um, you know works well with what I'm doing. And so I started doing getting like little tech gigs here and there. Um, you know, doing some road work a little bit, but mostly like in getting calls to go to like the studio to like set up guitars for people. And then I worked at Guitar Center at the repair bench for like four years, which honestly like was kind of a cool job because um, it was like steady enough pay and you got health insurance and they would let you go on tour. And nice. I was like building up my chops as a guitar tech. Yeah. And you're, like, the only person in Guitar Center that's helping somebody. So that's right. nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fucking... You're, like, the only motherfucker in this whole store that's going to help somebody. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And just, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, learning customer service, too. You know, I mean, I yeah. knew from, you know, working in the restaurants for a bit, too. But, um, yeah, and just learning about the guitar retail business a little bit um and then i moved into a house in 2011 with the intention of like uh turning the garage into a wood shop and i was like maybe i can build some guitars because here's the other thing too like touring with like bands around that time like i saw people would just like bring them custom guitars and then they'd like you know like they would be like rent and just like use this guitar that some guy made and i don't know what their arrangement was but it was like yeah, Some, you know, it wasn't like a brand. It was just like a small builder somewhere, you know. And I'm like, oh, that seems like it'd be pretty easy for me to like do that kind of thing, you know. Um, and so yeah, I just kind of figured I'd like build some guitars and see, you know, if that could become kind of part of a, a side gig, you know. Between mm -hmm. And then it just really took off because, um, you know, once I sold one, it's like that person has two friends, and then that. Those yeah. Like friends and, you know, it's like the greatest Ponzi scheme on earth, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like almost 10 years ago now. And, and then I watched yeah. it in 2014. So. But I mean, do you have a background in like woodworking or anything? I mean, or did you literally just figure all this out? Like, yeah, no, I mean, cause I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to call you Sir Dunnable Lord Luthier. I'm sure you're not going to like that, but you know, <laughs> luthier. Well, well, but, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I'm a tradesman myself. I run heavy equipment. I used to build roads and freeways and bridges. And it's like I had to be taught this shit because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I became pretty fucking good at it quick because we're punks. And this is right. what we do. We figure shit out because we have to. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm wondering if you came at it the same thing or 
fuck were you, was your dad a carpenter and you understood how to work around wood? I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm, my dad worked in like electronics and some of his businesses along the way were involving like fixing. Um, he had like a, an electric organ repair business for a bunch of years. Um, okay. So the, the idea wasn't that like crazy. You know, right. Like, being the repair musical instrument repair kind of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of built in a little bit, you know? A little bit, even though I didn't really learn anything from him, but I, I like technically, you know, speaking, like as far as electronics go, but um, like you said, it's like if you like, like I don't know, I booked a whole month long tour through MySpace once. Like I think I can like watch YouTube videos on how to like make it. It's crazy and, how far that shit goes, dude. Like, yeah. I was shocked that when I started doing what I was doing out of pure fear and necessity of not providing for my family that, you know, when I start getting into this shit and learning it, I'm like, oh, morons do this. Yeah. Oh, this industry is built on fucking broken dreams and morons, you know, and there's some really smart motherfuckers, obviously. Yeah. you got to be a smart motherfucker to under, do, understand that stuff, but it's... You know, when I got into these situations, I, I remember that, oh, yeah, I booked a whole U.S. tour by myself. Right. And then when it failed, I didn't have anyone else to blame besides right. me. And that shit goes so far in the regular world. The fact that being the guy that's like, yeah, I, I fucking tanked it, dude. Tanked it. Well, Sorry, my bad, ethic. you know. It's the work ethic, too, involved in being like, yeah, I'm going to do something that insane. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, it's not insane. It's just, I just mean... It is insane. That, it's fucking insane. That big, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to commit and I'm going to do it. Like, the same kind of, you know, it's just, yeah, punk DIY work ethic, I think, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And, um, yeah. So I mean, you make I, a couple of prototypes for yourself and then fucking you start selling them. Are you shocked at where the company is now? I mean... I'm... I, yeah, it's, I'm pretty shocked. I mean, we've grown every year, like, pretty exponentially. I mean, like, it's it's still growing for sure. Um, so, yes, it's crazy. It's like I didn't know anything about business going into Like, I didn't start a business, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I just started making guitars, and I had to learn how to, like, run a business. Do business. Yeah. Run business properly in California, um, kind of just along the way. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I made, I think the first couple I made, I made one for, I didn't even make one for myself. I made one for Dave Timnick, the other guitar player in Intronaut. Mm -hmm. And um, I made one for a guy in another band, and we went on tour. And yeah, just along the way, people are like, what's that that Dave's playing? It's like, oh, Sasha made it. And then, you know, a month later, you know, Jeff Matt's High on Fire is like, hey, do you want to build me a bass? And it's like, yeah, sure. And then, like, the next tour we do is with another band who's like, you want to make us guitar? You know, and it's like, it mm -hmm. just kind of snowballs that way, you know? Yeah. It's really, you know. Real cool. organic growth, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just yeah. kind of just been figuring it out. Um, and again, I'm still learning. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when I went down there to pick up my guitar, I was shocked at, you know, it's a well-oiled machine, it looks like, over there. I mean, it's a small shop, but I can't I can't believe the amount of fucking product you guys produce out of that little place, dude. You know, it's like, yeah. it's crazy, you know? You're like, God damn, man. Because I worked at DW Drums, you know? Like, right. I, I know what a giant manufacturing factory looks like, you know? And I know the volume output they put out. And it's it's shocking to me that they put out that volume, too, you know? But, um, man, it's yeah, just so fucking cool. how many musical instruments are sold every year. You know, the billion-dollar industry. I mean, billions of dollars, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I heard from someone, and I don't know if this is actually like super accurate, but like at one point in the last few years, Fender was shipping something like 800 guitars a day out of the Corona factory. It's like when you put that into perspective. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Wow, there's a lot of guitar buyers out there. Yeah, and what's what I like? What's the output of, of Dunable right now? Oh, we do like ten to twelve a week. Right yeah, now. I mean, which it seems like a like lot, lot. You know what I mean? It feels like a lot. Trust yeah, me. totally. Like yeah. But when you think of eight hundred, you're like, what the fuck, dude? It's got to be like a whole city out there. You know what I mean? And yeah, Nam is like 
the hugest convention. I mean, it like it's not it doesn't even all fit in the Anaheim Convention Center. Right. Like, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. But I just yeah. Was, uh, well, it's just weird because like you you know you hear these things like when I worked at DW and it was a great company to work for, dude. Like. It just, they didn't, they were never going to pay me what I needed to make. You know what I mean? And that's why I left to do what I, what I do now. But, um, you hear, you heard these things. I was around there in 08 when the market dropped out and all these things. It's like, oh yeah, music is a luxury item and people aren't buying these things because they can't afford them and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yes, you're right. For the companies that have built themselves up to a point to where they've overvalued themselves to where they can't sell to a normal human again, you know what I mean? And then the product, and I'm not saying this is DW, I'm saying this is other other places that I dealt with while I was there. Yeah. You know, like, you know, these massive fucking companies, it's like, you've overvalued your market so bad that, you know, you, the product you're putting out is dog shit, and, and you're putting out mass quantities and mass volume, you know, and you, you don't give a fuck about a warranty anymore because you'd rather just replace it than fix it. You know, and you've devalued your own marketplace so bad that, yeah, you're going to eat shit. But smaller companies, companies that really care about the product, it never slowed down. DW never slowed down. And their drums are fucking crazy expensive, you know? I was about to ask, like, in 2008, did they still just sell just as many drums? I mean, it it dropped off, obviously. But it wasn't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I wasn't in their inner workings, but... I never, the drums are always fucking six months back ordered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whether it's, you know, whether they did 10 million that year or fucking seven, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, you guys it's are doing it. But it's a company that gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and you obviously, you know, you give a shit about their, you know, your stuff. And when you build a company off of like love and organic fucking just caring about the musician and, wanting them to be able to sound good and how they want, like, that's, this is what happens, you know, like, when yeah. it's built on passion, you know, DW is built on passion. Those guys yeah. are so passionate about their stuff, you know, and and it just shows in the work, you know, but yeah, obviously, good. for you guys branching out with the DE series and stuff, it's like, it's such a smart move, you know what I mean? But yeah. even, even getting to hold that one the other day, I was like, God damn, dude, I mean, that's nicer than any guitar I've ever paid a thousand dollars for, hands down, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, thanks, man. You know? But it's just such a smart business move, you know what I mean? And I mean, the business of running a band is not easy either, you know what I mean? That's like a in-the-loss-all-the-time fucking business, right? I mean, who are the bands that make money? Mastodon? That's it. I mean, maybe not even them. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, like, there's definitely some threshold, you know, of... uh, you know, musicians, but I think even those guys, I mean, I don't know exactly what their situation is, but I think, I, I think they're doing just fine. Yeah. Income wise from that band, I'm sure, you know, but I, but I think, you know, they all, they all have side hustles mm-hmm. of some sort, you know what I mean? Which is probably just like a smart financial move as an adult to like not have just one. All your eggs in one basket. All your eggs in like a rock band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All your eggs in one cabinet, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. I mean, the music thing is just such a trip because, you know, if you, if you were to write on paper, like, how bad of a business venture music, being yeah. a musician is, like, yeah. there's not, like, one businessman that would be like, go for that. Go for that. Yeah. I you know? Like a good way for somebody to, like, develop, like, business acumen. Because you're just like, how do I cut every possible expense that I possibly can, you know? Right. And then you like, go into some other industry where, like, people want to, like, consume what you're selling, actually. You know, it's like, oh, that's, that's, the, that's the missing ingredient. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people got to want to buy your shit. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. Yeah, it's so... than you can spend it, you know, which is just, like, almost impossible. With, yeah. It's, like, it's nuts. I mean, because I, I, I work around norms, you know, normie people that... Yeah. Never did shit, you know. Like, they do whatever they, they like their cars and blah blah, you know, all that shit. Yeah, but it's like they act like, dude, you were a touring musician. Like, what's that like? It must have been fucking incredible. Yeah, here, let me let me explain a fucking day to you. You know what yeah. I mean? You get up at six a.m. You fell asleep at four p.m. You know what I mean? You got a seventeen-hour drive. You're there for fucking five hours, maybe. 
if you're lucky, you get a sound check. Yeah. You know what I mean? You play for a 45 minutes to an hour and a half. You hang out for 30 minutes, and then you fucking drive to the next show. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, that's really when you break it down. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's worth it. I would never trade anything I've ever done. But on paper, you know, when you really think about it, it's like, oh, my God, dude. Like, it's just such yeah. a shit show, you know? Well, and, yeah, and I don't even mean to, like, su- suggest that I ever even, like, cared about the making money off of music, you know? Of, yeah. Not. But that's, you know. I remember what it was about. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like I never, I feel like I never even, like, thought that was even, like, possible. So possible, there was never yeah. any, like, it wasn't until, like, our fourth or fifth record where, like, we had somebody be like, why don't you guys have like an online merch store? I'm like, I guess that's a good idea. Great question. Sell things to help. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is pre band camp probably. Right. And all that shit where it was really easy to sell shit now, you know? Yeah. You have to I'm, try for it. I mean, you know, back then you had to fucking try, man. Like, yeah. You know, back then setting up a website, good fucking luck, man. Like we would sell shit on MySpace. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was fucking to Tom, maybe you know, what I mean? <laughs> it was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. I'm I'm just so stoked. Obviously, I got mine. I'm so excited, dude. I can't I can't stop fucking playing it. The riffs that are coming out, I'm like, I just go fucking Sasha every time I write a riff. It's like, do I have to give you money now? Like, if I make if I make a killer riff and it gets money to on your guitar, cool. is that is that how that works? You just have to pay me for every riff you write after. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, you got a solid 65 cents coming your way. (laughs) Um, But I noticed, you know, obviously, I think a lot of us kind of, it'd be remiss not to mention it since it just happened today. I know I've kind of checked out of politics and stuff, but the verdict just came in for the Floyd, you know. um, I mean, how do you, obviously, I know you are absolutely pro that cop. Right. I mean, so, <laughs> no, I mean, I, it, was, it was interesting to see that verdict come down. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, you know, have yeah. you been following anything, any of that stuff that's going on politically or I mean. Yeah, well, we, I mean, that in particular, yeah, we've been following it here at home. Um, I was nervous, you know, I feel like a lot of people were like, I mean, they have to find it guilty. It's like, I don't know. where Have you been around for the past like 25 years? Yeah. Have it's you been in America? It's. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's like I think it's great that they found him guilty on all those counts, but you know, we still have the sentencing with the you know, I, I mean I don't really know what has been said about that, but it's like Yeah, me either. Don't just give him fucking, you know, like probation or some like, you know, light ass sentence. I mean like, you know, I think it's time to like hold these people accountable instead of Well that's the main problem with policing anyway. They're not held accountable for yeah. any fucking thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you're, you know, what they did, what that guy did to George Floyd was straight up fucking, in my first degree murder, that was fucking first degree murder. They yeah. had a history, you know what I mean? Like, that guy knew exactly what the fuck he was doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he did it in broad daylight in front of a thousand people with cameras, you know? Yeah. Second degree murder, ob- fine, good, but, I mean, you gotta throw the book at this motherfucker. And then also there's an appeal, you know what I mean? And, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it is so depressing because here we are again, you know what I mean? Obviously, we're white privileged males and, you know, what do we have to really, you know, bitch about? But, I mean, it, I get so tired of people being shocked by fucking how this country is, you know what I mean? And, no, totally. And like you said, it's like, this is this is when they need to be, like, setting an example, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's really what's going to fix it, it's like, if there's, like, consequences. I mean, I get it, you know, like, I'm sure that being a police officer is like a super stressful job and maybe you just snap sometimes but it's like i don't know i mean it's not my job to come up with a solution but there's got to be something you know and yeah the, the beginning of that is like actual like consequences for you know, bullshit like that i think it's the most immediate thing you could do yeah. to fix the fucking problem is you know have there be consequences to your actions out in the field you know what i mean and yes yeah. i think the police are, I work around a lot of them. I work right next to a sheriff's shooting range. And I see a lot of them. And, and, you know, there's a lot of fucking good dudes. And a lot of them guys are terrified to even do their job because they don't want to be labeled a racist, even though they're not. You know, and there's a lot of this. But also, every one of them says that they're undertrained. Every one of them says they're underpaid. Every one of them says they get put in situations every fucking day that they are totally terrified for their lives. And it's like, when you're living... 
I'm not identifying with the police or saying anything like that, but living in that fucking world, you know what I mean? Like, I remember getting beat up by a cop when we were skateboarding when we were kids, right? We were skateboarding at a high school, you know? And there was, like, 20 of us, dude. You know, we're skating at a high school, not fucking bugging nobody. It's on a weekend. This cop rolls up and fucking just starts whipping ass, dude. I mean, he, he got 10 of us on the ground... He's cuffing people. He took all of our boards and threw them in a fucking trash can. And he's screaming at us. You know, it's like, dude, we're skating. We're not ruining, you know, we're all in the three stair, man. Like, this guy comes in so hot. My buddy stands up, makes him throw his board in the thing, but he breaks his board before he, you know, he throws it in the trash can. He's like, if you're going to cop this game with board, you're going to have a broken fucking board, dude. Yeah. This cop fucking whips his ass, dude. I mean, baton, handcuffs him, throws him in the car. So we all Benny Hill out of there, dude. We're grabbing the skateboards. Everyone's running. You know what I mean? And it's like all this is said and done. Fifteen sets of parents went down to the police station to complain about this cop. Really? Like everyone was pissed. You know what I mean? Because it's like we really weren't doing anything. Right. And their only excuse, though, and no nothing. I mean, he beat the fuck out of this kid. Yeah. The only excuse is that, oh, he just came from a, a child that had died and drowned in a jacuzzi. That was his last call. He was on high, high stress. And it's like, as a kid, I'm like, why would he take that next call? Like, you can't tell him, hey, man, I, I need a fucking hour to get my shit together. You know what I mean? After you just saw a baby drown, even if it's true, who fucking knows? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and it's like, I'm not saying that, you know, my shit that I went through was even close to what, you know, you know, these guys, you know, poor black kids deal with every day. But well, you're just like, God damn, man, like. Just yeah, undertrained, like, no background checks, not enough fucking mental like mental background checks on these guys, you know, and and then absolutely. no consequences. You know? I mean, yeah, you mix all that together and you just have like a bunch of like murder, you know, bloodthirsty fucking jocks that like are just mad all the time. Like, yeah, we're supposed to be like protecting you, doing exactly the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that, again, you know. We're looking at obviously the you know one of the worst case scenarios, but th- that scenario happens way too often for sure. Way too often, man. You know, and I've I've you know I've been in a million sketchy situations with cops, dude. I mean, it, some of it was my fault, some of it wasn't. You know what I mean? And it's never fucking never ended in me ever once considering that I was gonna die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I it's just not. I I understand the white privilege thing. I could tell a cop to go fuck himself. And pretty sure I'm not going to get killed. You know what I mean? Like, I understand what that is. You know what I mean? Um, I remember, yeah, fucked, even, you know? Like my, even in, like, you know, my teenage years, you know, looking like a dirty punk asshole kid and being a dirty asshole kid, I was still, like, the guy who would be like, I'm sorry, officer, like, what, what, you know, what is going on here? Oh, there's kids smoking weed? Where? Let's go get them. You, know, like, you, you were the kid that they all sent in to talk to the cop, is what you were. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you know, probably the most privileged person, one of the most privileged people, you know, most people yeah. would know, you know, and I can't, I can't even imagine what it's, you know. What it's yeah. like, man. Well, I'm good there was a little justice today. You know what I mean? Just a smidge. Just this much. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. It's good to see it. You know, I, I was really concerned that if this dude got off, there was going to be some serious yeah. fucking repercussions. You know what I mean? And yeah. Kind of rightfully so, man. You know, I don't want to see my city get ripped apart. I don't want to see anything else. But what what else are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> no, exactly. what else are you going to fucking do, man? You know, burn yeah. the precinct to the ground, I guess. I'm I'm one of those people who's like I don't know that's kind of an appropriate response you know what I mean like, right sorry we might have to break through a, a fucking Starbucks window like that just might have to happen you know yeah totally I mean yes I'm you know I don't want to see small businesses get ruined but yeah it's the damage of fucking just how the fucking shit is right now you know it's like you know they're told to sit up sit shut up stop it fucking you can't can't kneel you can't kneel and protest peacefully. You know what I mean? So what? Fuck it. Burn the fucking police station to the ground, I guess. I don't, you know, like, I don't know, man. You know, it's... That was pretty epic. That was one of the most punk things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. For sure, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, a lot of punks talk a lot of shit, dude, but yeah. we saw who really pulled that shit off, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know? Black guys. Chris yeah. Dorner, the guys out there killing cops. 
and fucking <laughs> the cop is killing cops, and then a bunch of fucking angry black kids, you know, fucking got that shit done, dude. Where are you, punks? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Get your shit together, dude. Yeah. The revolution will be televised. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know. Well, dude, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. I, I do really appreciate it. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, thanks so much for the guitar and uh, all that shit. And, and uh, I'm glad to see your business doing well and the band's doing their thing. You know what I mean? And, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing it too, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's nice to be playing again. Looking forward to There's some shows on the horizon for us. Nice. And it just feels good to be back, you know? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful.